Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you? Oh, I feel good today, Foltz. How are you? I feel good, too. I feel good. The, at least around uh, on the East Coast here, it's starting to get warm again. You know that's our thing. We like to be out and like lots do a lot of things outside, so we're finally getting that. And We're summer people. Yeah, we are. We are, so... Uh, the listeners that live where it's warm all year round, props to you. Yeah. But I um, have to say, uh, today's show is going to be very interesting because this is not something that you hear about. Well, I only heard about it when we came across it. Yeah, no, this is uh, definitely something we found and we want to share with the listeners to better everyone. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's obviously, this is definitely in our wheelhouse because this is something that's being suppressed by so many different governments around the world. And we can only guess one reason why would that because to the, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, Cha-ching. Yep, just making their pockets fat. And if you have any type of arthritis or severe arthritis or an autoimmune, um, <coughs> pardon me, an autoimmune disease that is uh, arth- arthritis related, like I do myself, and I found this extremely interesting and we wanted to do a show on it. So we put something together and, uh, you know, hopefully maybe it can help some people. I think it's going to help a lot of people because there are so many cases of arthritis out there. I mean, Everybody, uh, the ol- the older you get, the more prevalent it is, and everybody knows somebody that has some sort of arthritic appendage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> my autoimmune disease, <clears throat> I have to be like, I have to sit on anything firm. My bed's got to be like a a steel block. <laughs> I mean, you know, they have those in prison. <laughs> I was, I was going to make that correlation, but then I was like, I was trying to keep prison out of it, but Steve, of course. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, so let's just jump into it, I let's think. Let's do it. Yeah, it's a little extensive, but uh, it's, it's really interesting. So, the Borax Conspiracy. Now, you may not be able to imagine that Borax, this humble insecticide and laundry detergent, has the potential of single-handedly bringing down our entire economic system. But you do not need to worry. The danger has been recognized, and the necessary steps are already being taken to defuse the situation. I'll start with the basics, and you will understand what I mean as the story unfolds. Borax is a naturally occurring mineral, commonly mined from dried salt lakes, and is the source of other manufactured boron compounds. The main deposits are in California and Turkey. Chemical names are sodium tetraborate, decahydrate, and disodium tetraborate, and decahydrate, or simply sodium borate. This means it contains four atoms of boron as its central feature combined with two sodium atoms and ten molecules, or sometimes less, of crystallation water. Decahydrate means ten water molecules, pentahydrate five, and anhydrate or anhydrous borax means no crystallization water. Those, those are all uh, Greek numbers. Steve in the house. Liking it. Chemically, it's all the same, though. (laughs) (laughs) Borax is commonly sold as a technical or agricultural grade with 99 to 99.5% minimum purity. Potential impurities consist of sodium, potassium, 
calcium chloride bicarbonate carbonate sulfate phosphate but not not toxic or heavy metals this grade includes the borax commonly used as household cleaner pharmaceutical grade is not noticeably pure or better now borax is the sodium salt of the weak borax acid because sodium is more strongly alkaline that makes a solution of borax strongly alkaline with a ph between 9 and 10 a ph of 7 is neutral when ingested, it reacts with hydrochloric acid in the stomach to form boric acid and sodium chloride. The boron content of borax is 11.3%, while for boric acid, it's 17.5%, or about 50% higher. Ingested boron compounds are rapidly and nearly completely excreted with the urine. Formerly, boric acid was widely used as a preservative in foods but is now banned for this purpose in most countries and is also banned from public sale in Australia. Now, according to conventional medicine, it is not known if boron is essential for, human, for humans, but research shows that we do need it, need it. The reason why it was difficult to answer the question is the presence of boron in all plants and unprocessed foods. Diets with a fair amount of fruit and vegetables provide about 2 to 5 milligrams of boron per day. But this also depends on the region where the food was grown and how it was grown. Now, in reality, the average intake in developed countries is about 1 to 2 milligrams of boron per day. Institutionalized patients may only receive 0.25 milligrams of daily boron. Chemical fertilizers inhibit the uptake of boron from the soil. An organic apple grown in good soil may have 20 milligrams of boron. But if grown with fertilizer, it may only have one milligram of boron. Fertilizers combined with poor food choices have greatly reduced our boron intake compared to 50 or 100 years ago. Further, unhealthy cooking methods greatly reduce the availability of boron from food. The cooking water of vegetables containing most of the minerals may be discarded during home cooking or commercial processing. Now, phytic acid in baked goods, cereals, and cooked legumes may greatly reduce availability, while gluten sensitivity and candida overgrowth inhibit the absorption of minerals. All this makes health problems due to boron deficiency now very common. So, what are the health effects of boron? Now, due to the content of boron, borax and boric acid have basically the same health effects with good antiseptic, antifungal, and antiviral properties, but only mild antibacterial action. In plants as well as animals, boron is essential for the integrity and function of cell walls and the ways signals are transmitted across membranes. Have you ever washed your hands with the borax? I have. We have in uh, the men's restroom shower area at work the bottom soap is the liquid soap and then right above it is a a borax releaser where it's just a metal like pin that goes up into a cylinder full of borax and when you push it uh you know the pebbles the granulated borax drops down so i always go with a little liquid soap and then on top i hit it with the borax there is something about that man it makes your hands so clean that's old school right there, those, that borax dispenser. Yeah, it is. And that's you don't see those school. anywhere. Like, you that's don't. I haven't seen them in years. I can't. I'm sure that the maybe generation, the newer generations have never seen those. I was going to say, if you showed one of that generation, they probably, I have no idea. What I think they were in schools. I think I remember. They that. were in schools yeah. at one point. 
I think I remember him. So let's see. Where are we? So <clears throat> boron is distributed throughout the body with the highest concentration in from the paro- parathyroid glands followed by bones and dental enamel. It is essential for healthy bone and joint function, regulating the absorption and metabolism of calcium, magnesium, and phosphorus <clears throat> through its influence on the pyothyroid pyothi- gland. With this boron is for the pyothyroids, what iodine is for the thyroid. <laughs> So let's not get those mixed up. Now, boron deficiencies cause the pyrothyroids to become overactive, releasing too much pyrothyroid hormone, which raises the blood level of calcium by releasing calcium from the bones and teeth. This, len- this then leads to osteoarthritis and other forms of arthritis, osteoporosis and tooth decay. With advancing age, high blood levels of calcium lead to calcification of soft tissues, causing muscle contractions and stiffness. Calcification of endocrine glands, especially the pineal gland and the ovaries. Arteriosclerosis, kidney stones, and calcification of the kidneys ultimately leading to kidney failure. Boron deficiency combined with magnesium deficiency is especially damaging to the bones and to the teeth. You got to have strong bones. You do. And, uh, you know, since I have this form of uh, rheumatoid arthritis, what I found interesting when I was reading through this article, and I'm going to give it a shot and I'll report back, but uh, I I like the part where they're talking about how you're going to be deficient of calcium. It's going to be pulled from your bones and your teeth. Well, I just recently, within the last month, I've cracked two teeth. Like right, and like like a like a piece came off. Dang! So I got to go at the end of this month now and get them get them fixed. But you know, it could all be led together of uh, you know this. I need more borax. Yeah, I mean, your body lets you know when you're deficient in something. Right. So boron affects the metabolism of steroid hormones, especially of sex hormones. It increases low testosterone levels in men and estrogen levels in menopausal women. It also has a role in converting vitamin D to its active form, thus increasing calcium uptake in the deposition into the bone and teeth rather than causing soft tissue to calcify. Also, other beneficial effects have been reported such as improvement of heart problems, vision, psoriasis, balance, memory, and cognition. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, memory and cognition, I'll definitely take some. Right. The German cancer research, Dr. Paul Gerard Seeger, has shown that cancer commonly starts with the deterioration of cell membranes. As boron is essential for cell membranes and boron deficiency widespread, this may be an important cause for the initiation of tumor growth. Boron compounds have anti-tumor properties and are potent anti-osteoporotic anti-inflammatory, hypolipemic, anticoagulant, and anti-neoplastic agents. Well said. (laughs) I was like, here we go. Well said. Now, well, Steve, take us into the next section where they're talking about the arthritis cure of uh, Rex Newman. Yes, so the arthritis cure of Rex Newman. In the 1960s, Rex Newman, Ph.D., D-O-N-D, developed arthritis, At that time, he was a soil and plant scientist in Perth, Western Australia. Conventional drugs did not help, so he looked for the cause into the chemistry of plants. He realized that plants in that area were rather mineral deficient. 
Knowing that boron aids calcium metabolism in plants, he decided to try it. He started taking 30 milligrams of borax a day, and in three weeks, all pain, swelling, and stiffness had disappeared. That's pretty, that's pretty incredible. He told public health and medical school authorities about his discovery, but they were really not interested. However, some people with arthritis were delighted as they improved. Others were scared to take something with a poison label on the container and meant to kill cockroaches and ants. Eventually, he had tablets made with a safe and effective quantity of borax. So this guy is a chemistry, uh, does the chemistry of plants, figures out what's going on, uh, starts to take it. It works for him. He spreads it around to some other people. It works for them. So he gets it down into a tablet that's safe and effective. So within five years, and only by word of mouth, he sold 10,000 bottles a month. He could no longer cope and asked a drug company to market it. Well, that was his major mistake. They indicated that this would replace more expensive drugs and reduce their profits. It so happened that they had representatives on government health committees and arranged that in 1981, Australia instituted a regulation that declared boron and its compo- and its compounds to be poisonous in any concentration. Uh, he was fined a thousand dollars for selling it because it was now considered poison, and this successfully stopped his arthritis cure from spreading in Australia. Well, doesn't that just like sound like something the world governments would do? It sounds exactly like a big pharma right there. One hundred percent. Subsequently, he published several scientific papers on borax and arthritis. One was double-blind trial in the mid-1980s at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, which showed that 70% of those who completed the trial were greatly improved. Only 12% improved when on a placebo. There were no negative side effects, but some reported that their heart ailment had also improved and there was better general health and less tiredness. Most of his later research was devoted to the relationship between soil boron levels and arthritis. This is so interesting right here. Uh He found, for instance, that the traditional sugarcane islands, due to long-term heavy use of fertilizers, have very low soil boron levels. Jamaica has the lowest level, and arthritis rates are about 70%. Wow. He noted that even most dogs were limping in Jamaica. (laughs) Next comes Merit... Merit... Fultz? Meridius. Meridius, with very low boron levels and 50% arthritis. The daily boron intake in these countries is less than one milligram per day. An interesting comparison is between Indian and native Fijians. The Indians are estimated to have an arthritis rate of about 40% and eat much rice grown with fertilizer, while the native Fijians, with an estimated arthritis rate of only 10%, eat mainly starchy root vegetables grown privately without fertilizer. No, I mean, right there it is. I mean, that's math, not magic. No, this guy's, this guy's figuring it out. The U.S., England, Australia, and New Zealand generally have average soil boron levels with an estimated intake of 1 to 2 milligrams of boron 
and arthritis rates of about 20%. But carnivoran in Western Australia has high boron levels in soil and water, and the arthritis rate is only about 1%. It is similar in a place called Nagua Springs in New Zealand, with very high boron levels in the spa water, which is curative for arthritis. Actually, all spas reputedly curing arthritis have very high boron levels. These are also high in Israel with an estimated daily boron intake of 5 to 8 milligrams and only half to 1% arthritis. Boom. I love it. It's crazy. It is. Bone analysis showed that arthritic joints and nearby bones had only half the boron content of healthy joints. Equally, Synovial fluid that lubricates joints and provides nutrient to the cartilage is boron deficient in arthritic joints as well. After boron supplementation, bones were much harder than normal and surgeons found them more difficult to saw through. With additional boron bone fractures heal in about half the time in both man and animal. Horses and dogs with broken legs or even broken pelvises have fully recovered. Borax is also effective with other forms of arthritis, such as rheumatoid arthritis, juvenile arthritis, and lupus. For instance, Dr. Newman saw a young girl aged nine months with juvenile arthritis and was able to cure her in about two weeks. That's phenomenal right there. He wrote that commonly people can get rid of their pain, the swelling, the stiffness in about one to three months. Then they can reduce treatment from three to one boron tablet per day as maintenance dose so they can avoid any future arthritis. He also stated that patients with rheumatoid arthritis commonly experienced the hexamer re- reaction and that this is always a good prognostic sign. They must preserve and in another two to three weeks, the pain, swelling and stiffness will be gone. And what we were talking about, we think that hexaromer reaction is that the uh, it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, because there's uh, the antibodies or everything that's helping protect and rebuild those joints. It's, it's making it even more inflamed because it's being repaired. But over time, in a couple of weeks or whatever, you're going to feel a lot better. So here's uh, interesting. Okay, found this statement interesting. The Hexma reaction is an early aggravation of symptoms with increased pain, but is commonly due to toxins released by killed candida and myo- myocoplasma. Mycoplasma. Yes, mycoplasma. This is very common with antimicrobial therapy and borax deficiency. Now, borax definitely is an exceptionally good and strong fungicide. What surprises me, however, is that this fungicide, can uh, the effect can be re- already present at this rather than low dose of 75 to 90 milligrams of borax. Wow. That seems like a high dose, actually. Equally surprising is the finding that also up to 30% of those with osteoarthritis experience the Hekimer reaction, suggesting that the border between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis is rather fluid. 
I believe that in long-standing and especially resistant cases, it will be advisable to use other antimicrobial in addition. For cofactors in arthritis treatment, also see the article Arthritis and Rheumatism. Very good. I, I love it. It's getting me kind of excited to try it because, like me and Steve were talking about in pre-show, you... Uh, when your pain level gets to a certain point where it just becomes part of your life anymore, you're kind of like, all right, it's borax. All right, let me give it a shot. And the people think that homeopathic um, substitutions for modern medicine don't work as well, but they do. They, they, they have been. They have been for hundreds of years. That's how people have been fixing what ails them. It, exactly. I mean... And it all seems like it always comes back to plants somehow. I mean, what's more plentiful right now on our planet is, is plant life can convert CO2 into oxygen. So, I mean, why can't it cure you? Yeah, you, you think about some, uh, if it was like an Indian and you had an ailment and they went and got some root and made like a paste or a drink or something out of it and you took that and then fast forward now, we are able to like look at what compounds are in there and you find that it's exactly the same thing that we're using today. Right. I mean, I was reading an article recently about um, th that we should never be killing dandelions because if you can dig up a dandelion root, they say it's one of the most nutritious things on the planet that you can eat. But here, you know, we're, we're told that it's a weed and to have it exterminated from, from your lawns because it's not good to have. I always say, Why? And when you look into why, it always comes back to money or some big government pharmaceutical companies. They don't want you to know that. No, exterminate that. That's a weed. That's not health promoting. Borax, you should only watch your clothes with it. Well, I think we're seeing different. Yeah, I do. So let's, we're going to talk a little bit about osteoporosis and like sex hormones. Now, boron deficiency causes greatly increased amounts of calcium and magnesium to be lost with your urine. A borax supplement will reduce the daily loss of calcium by nearly 50%. As this calcium comes mainly from reabsorbed bone and teeth, boron deficiency may be the most important factor in causing osteoporosis and tooth decay. It has been estimated that 55% of Americans over 50 have osteoporosis, and of these, about 80% are women. Worldwide, 1 in 3 women and 1 in 12 men over the age of 50 may have osteoporosis, and this is responsible for millions of fractures each year. Rats with osteoporosis were given boron supplement for 30 days with the result that their bone quality was now comparable with that of a healthy control group and of a group of supplemental with estradiol. I wonder why we don't all do this already well again it's been hidden from us but we're letting people know now the beneficial effect of borax on bones seems to be due to two interrelated effects a higher boron content of the bones which makes them harder and the normalization of sex hormones which stimulates the growth of new bone low estrogen levels after menopause are thought to be the main reason why so many older women develop osteoporosis in men testosterone levels decline more gradually which seems to be reflected in their later onset of osteoporosis as a group research has now shown that boron supplementation in postmenopausal women doubles the blood level of most of the active form of estrogen 17 beta 
estradiol to the level found in women on estrogen replacement therapy. Equally, the blood levels of testosterone more than doubled with the HRT. There is a higher risk of breast and endometrial cancer, which is not known to happen with hormones produced by the body as with borax supplementation. All right. All right. Sorry for that little uh, pause right there. Uh, our screens went blank here. Our monitors went blank, and we were right in the middle of everything and just had to roll with it. So sorry about that. So speaking of menopause, right? this man had to pause because <laughs> I was trying to figure out what was going on with our monitor. So all right. Sorry about that. We're going to go right back in. So some women get premenstrual problems because estrogen levels are too high and progesterone too low and therefore may be afraid of using boron. However, there's no evidence that boron raises estrogen above normal healthy levels. Boron may balance level of sex hormones similar to the action of the maca root powder. The maca acts on the pituitary gland not only to increase but only but also to balance our sex hormones and seems to stimulate our own progesterone production as needed. Very important stuff. Very, very important. Now, a recent study in younger men 29 to 50 showed that the level of free testosterone, the form that matters most, had risen by one-third after a daily supplementation of about 100 milligrams of borax for one week. This is of special interest for bodybuilders. Now, contrary to the medical preference of chemically castrating men with prostate cancer, research with boron has shown that the elevated testosterone levels are beneficial by shrinking prostate tumors and PSA levels, PSA being a marker for tumors and inflammation in the prostate, also significantly improved memory and cognition in elderly individuals may be partly due to increased levels of sex hormones and partly to improved membrane functions of brain cells. I've been asked about boron supplementation for women with estrogen-sensitive breast cancer. Breast cancer is related to calcifications in the breast. In my opinion, it's more important to normalize the calcium-magnesium metabolism and cellular membrane functions rather than feel restricted by possibly faulty medical concept, especially as I believe that cancer can usually be controlled with long-term antimicrobial therapy. Therefore, I would use boron as well as maca in this case. So this next, this next sex section is going to be about fungus and fluoride. Now, being such an ex excellent fun fungicide, it is not surprising that borax is being successfully used to treat candidia. Candidia. There is much interesting information on the Earth Clinic forum called Borax Cures. With low to medium weight, people use an eighth teaspoon of borax powder, and with heavier weight, about a quarter teaspoon per liter of water. One drinks that water spaced out during the day, and does this four or five days a week, as long as required. Many contributors wrote that if it cured or greatly helped them. So, for instance, this post said, I also have psoriasis, so maybe the soreness in my joints is the psoriatic arthritis creeping in. I thought after reading about borax here on this forum, I would give it a try. Oh my God, in one day, the soreness in my knees has vanished. Also, my psoriasis seems to be a lot better after two days drinking a quarter teaspoon of borax and one liter of water per day. That's amazing. That is amazing. 
Another one about toe fungus. He wet his feet and then took a handful of borax and rubbed it all over his feet. He said it stopped itching immediately. He was stunned. A few weeks later, I asked him how his athlete's foot was, and he said, oh, wow, it hasn't come back. That stuff totally cured it. That stuff's tough to get rid of, too. That is. I mean, especially in the summertime, it can run prevalent because your feet are sweating outside. And Now, in normal healthy conditions... Candidia exist as harmless oval yeast cells. When challenged, changed of elongated cells cause a pseudohypo development. And finally, strongly invasive long narrow and tube-like filaments called hyphae. These damage the intestinal wall and cause inflammation and leaky gut syndrome. Now, pseudohyphae and hyphae can be seen in the blood of individuals with cancer and autoimmune diseases. Candida can also form tough layers of biofilm. This same study shows that boric acid, borax, inhibits the formation of biofilms and also the transformation of harmless yeast cells into the invasive hyphal form. In other articles, it's shown that this process, commonly initiated by antibiotics, is basic cause of most of our modern diseases. And this makes borax and boric acid primary health remedies. Now, a scientific review in 2011 concluded that boric acid is safe alternative economic option for women with reoccurring and chronic symptoms of vaginitis when conventional treatments failed. But as it is so much better than drugs, why not is it used as a first option or use the even more effective borax? Another study from Turkey shows that the protective effect of boric acid on food contaminated with myotoxins mycotoxins, especially fungal aflatoxins. Among these, aflatoxin B1 causes extensive DNA damage and is the most potent carcinogen ever tested, especially affecting liver and lungs, also causing birth defects, immune toxicity, and even death in farm animals and humans. Boric acid treatment was protected and led to be and led to increased resistance of DNA to oxidative damage induced by AFB. The strong antifungal action of boric acid is, of course, the reason why it has traditionally been used as a food preservative. There's been numerous communications ranging from canceling surgery for hip replacement to removing brain fog and curing autoimmune diseases. One woman wrote in recent Nexus magazine of curing her lupus and serious kidney disease in four months with half a teaspoon of daily borax powder. Borax, similar to the equally endangered Lugol's iodine solution, can also be used to remove accumulated fluoride and heavy metals from the body. Fluoride not only causes bones to deteriorate, but also the pineal gland to calcify and the thyroid to become underactive. Now, borax reacts with fluoride ions to form boron fluorides, which are then excreted in the urine. In a Chinese study, borax was used to treat 31 patients with skeletal fluorosis. The amount was gradually increased from 300 to 1,100 milligrams a day during a three-month period, with one week off each month. The treatment was effective with 50 to 80% improvement. One form contributor suffered with fibromyalgia and and rosacea, chronic fatigue, and TMJ for over 10 years, which she believed was caused by fluoride. 
She used an eighth teaspoon of borax and an eighth teaspoon of sea salt in a liter of dechlorinated water and drank this for five days each week. Within two weeks, her face cleared, the redness faded, body temperature normalized, energy level increased, and she steadily lost excess weight. The only side effect was the initial aggravation of her rosacea symptoms. Another post said seven years ago, thyroid cancer. The next year, adrenal fatigue then early menopause, the following year uterine prolapse followed by a hysterectomy, the following year fibromyalgia and neuropathy, early childhood was fluorinated water along with fluoride tablets. Fall of 2008 I was looking at total disability, I could barely walk and couldn't sleep because of the pain and was throwing up daily from the pain in my back. After reading about fluoride I came to understand where all of my problems originated. I began the borax detox of one-eighth teaspoon in a liter of water, and within three days, my symptoms were almost gone. It's so, so important that, uh, first of all, the chlorinated water, we've done an episode on that. That is definitely not fluorinated water. Yes, it is definitely not good for you. Fluoride. Chloride, chloride, all of yeah. Well, fluoride was used back during World War II in some of the uh, concentration camps because one of the um, one of its effects is affecting the pineal gland, which will help you to be calm and to not resist and ultimately confuse you so that you don't have independent thinking. Right, you get that third eye where you're able to connect with what's going on around you in nature, uh, the universe. You'll feel the shared energy when that calcifies or it becomes blocked you've just become alone and unable to connect right so you just like give in right well you want to take this next section away i do it's the calcium magnesium metabolism there is an antigenism antigenism is that the right word folks There is an antagonism. There is an antagonism as well as cooperation between calcium and magnesium. I blew that word antagonism in pre-show today as well. That's all right. I I apologize. Sometimes our handwriting's chicken scratch. About half of the total body magnesium is found in bones and the other half inside cells of tissues and organs. Only 1% is in the blood and kidneys try to keep this levels consistent by excreting more or less with urine. In contrast, 99% of calcium is in the bones and the rest is in the fluid outside of the cells. Muscles contract when calcium moves into the cells and they relax when calcium is again pumped out and magnesium moves in. This cellular pump requires much energy to pump calcium out. And if cells are low in energy, then calcium may accumulate inside the cells. Low cellular energy may be due to candida, faulty sugar or fat metabolism deficiencies, or accumulating metabolic wastes and toxins. This then leads to only partial relaxation of the muscles with stiffness, a tendency to cramp and poor blood and lymph circulation. The problem gets worse the more the calcium moves from bones into soft tissue. Nerve cells can also accumulate calcium, leading to faulty nerve transmission. In the lens, it causes cataracts. Hormonal output keeps reducing as endocrine glands increasingly calcify, 
and all other cells become handicapped in their normal functions. In addition, it causes intercellular magnesium deficiency. Magnesium is needed to activate countless enzymes, and a deficiency leads to inefficient and blocked energy production. It makes perfect sense to me. A further problem is that excess calcium damages the cell membrane and makes it difficult for nutrients to move in and wastes to move out. When intercellular calcium level gets too high, the cells will die. Here, we can see the importance of boron as a regulator of cell membrane functions, especially in regard to movements of calcium and magnesium. With boron deficiency, too much calcium moves into the cell, while magnesium cannot move inside to displace it. This is the condition of old age, and of the boron deficiency diseases leading up to it. While in good health, and especially in younger years, a calcium-magnesium ratio of 2 to 1 is normal and beneficial, and supplied with a good diet. But with increasing age, boron deficiency, and resulting disease conditions, we need progressively less calcium and more magnesium. For boron to be fully effective in reversing tissue calcification, ample magnesium is required. For elderly individuals, the recommendation is 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium together with the daily borax supplement spaced out during the day. With the protracted joint problems, additional transdermal magnesium. However, oral magnesium may need to be adjusted according to its laxative effect. I'm doubtful whether calcium supplements are needed and beneficial, even in cases of osteoporosis. Uh, in these views, individuals have plenty of calcium stored in their soft tissues where it does not belong and supplementing boron and magnesium is expected to redeposit this misplaced calcium into bones. Uh, the regard for medical focus on a high calcium intake as prescription for accelerated aging. Pretty crazy. That if you take calcium, you can increase your aging. So you have soft bones, you think you need calcium, but that's not really what you need. Right. You need, you need the calcium to be where it's supposed to go right. in your body. And the magnesium will help do that. And the magnesium and the borax will help get it there. It's crazy. It is. I can't wait to try it. So what and how much to use? In some countries, for example, Australia, New Zealand, USA, borax can still be found in the laundry and cleaning sections of supermarkets. There is no food-grade borax available or necessary. All borax is the same and natural and usually mined in California or Turkey, whether it has been packed in China or any other country. The label usually states that it is 99% pure or 990 grams per kilogram borax, which is safe to use and is the legal standard for the agricultural grade borax. Up to 1% mining and refining residues are permitted. Boric acid, if available, may be used at about two-thirds the dose of borax. It is not for public sale in Australia. So Australia is bringing the hammer down on them big time. Use as essential mineral. 
so this is the borax use as an essential mineral. Firstly, dissolve a lightly rounded teaspoon, about four or five, six grams of borax in one liter of good quality water. This is your concentrated solution. Keep it out of reach of children. Standard dose equals one teaspoon of concentrate. This has 25 to 30 milligrams of borax and pro provides about three milligrams of boron. Take one dose per day mixed with food or drink. If that feels right, then take a second dose with another meal. If there is no specific health problem or for maintenance, you may continue indefinitely with one or two doses daily. If you do have a problem, such as arthritis, osteoporosis, and related conditions, cramps or spasms, stiffness due to advancing years, menopause, and also to improve low sex hormone production, increase intake to three or more spaced out standard doses for several months or longer until you feel that your problem has sufficiently improved, and then drop it back to the one or two doses per day. Excellent. For treating candida, other fungi, and myocoplasms, or for removing fluoride from the body, using your bottle of concentrated solution, the low dose for low body weight people is one eighth of a teaspoon of borax powder or 500 milligrams, best with or after main carbohydrate meal. A medium dose for heavier individuals or more persuasive candida would be 200 milliliters or a quarter of a tablespoon or a thousand milligrams of borax powder. Take with two, oh, take with or after two meals. And then a high dose for strong fungal candida problems such as autoimmune diseases, cancer, or dementia. Take a half a, tablespoon, a half a teaspoon of borax powder mixed with food. Always start with a lower dose and increase gradually to the intended effective maximum. Take the effective amount as long as required for four or five days a week or interrupt for one week each month or periodically alternate between borax and another fungicide. Wow. It says it also says that you may take borax mixed with food or in drinks, and it's rather alkaline and in higher concentrates, and uh, it may have a soapy taste. So you may disguise it with lemon juice, vinegar, or ascorbic acid. So when they say like it used high quality water, they're not talking about just getting your typical bottled water from your local convenience store because that's basically just tap water. You're gonna want a higher alkaline water, uh, and uh, and or you get a and you have a really, really good um, water purifier that takes everything bad out but keeps everything good in because some, some of those filters take out what you need from some of the water and probably borax. Some of the elements, right. Yeah. Now, in Europe, borax and, and boric acid have been classified as reproductive poisons and officially since December 2010 are no longer available to the public within the EU. Presently, borax is still available in Switzerland, but shipment to Germany, not permitted. In Germany, a small amount of like 50 grams may be ordered through a pharmacy as ant poison. It will be registered. The borax is presently still available from eBay into the UK and can be shipped to the EU and other countries. 
Also, as leader of the pharmaceutical industry in Europe, Germany is very strict in controlling borax for non-commercial use, while some other EU countries are completely ignoring the ban on borax, which is good. Now, boron tablets can be bought from health shops or the internet, commonly with a three milligram of three milligrams of boron. Now, in some European countries, such as the Netherlands, these may still contain borax, but not in others, such as Germany, where the boron is not allowed in ionic form, as with borax or boric acid. While suitable as a general boron supplement, they don't know why, they don't know if or how well the work against candida or mycoplasmas, most scientific studies and individuals' experiences in regard to arthritis, osteoporosis, or sexual hormones, and menopause were with borax or boric acid. It's not yet known if non-ionic boron is, an effect, is, a, is as effective as borax. To improve effectiveness, they recommend three or more spaced-out boron tablets daily for an extended period combined with sufficient magnesium and suitable antimicrobial program. Is there any side effects? Well, there's possible side effects. Now, while side effects from pharmaceutical drugs tend to be negative and often dangerous, with natural medicines such as borax therapy, these are usually healing reactions with beneficial long-term effects. Most common is the Herxheimer reaction from eliminating candida. This is the main cause of pain and discomfort in the digestive system when starting with borax supplementation. Now, in some forums, they post rapid improvement and they experience within days. There is always a functional response. High cellular calcium levels cause muscle contraction with cramps or spasms as a common cause of pain. Boron, especially together with magnesium, can rapidly relax these muscles and take away the pain. However, with long-standing severe calcifications, a large amount of calcium cannot be re redistributed in a short time. Now, this leads to increased calcium levels in an affected area, especially the hips and shoulders. Boy, do I ever feel it there, too, with my autoimmune disease. And can cause problems for a considerable amount of time, such as tendencies to severe cramping and pain or problems with blood circulation or nerve transmission. Nerve-related effects in hands and feet may be numbness or reduced sensitivity or feeling in the skin. Higher amounts of calcium and fluoride passing through the kidneys may cause temporary kidney pain. Further, kidney pain appears to mainly be due to the kidney stones being released. After a few days, the stones are usually cleared and the pain stops. Such healing reactions cannot be avoided when aiming for a higher level of health, but they can be minimized by increasing borax levels only gradually. Whenever you experience an unpleasant effect or reduced or temporarily stop borax intake until the problem subsides, then gradually start increasing again. Helpful additional measures are greatly increased fluid intake, using more organic acids such as lemon juice or vinegar, and improving lymph flow with a rebounding, walking, or inverted positions. Now, there are, toxic are there toxicity issues? Now, the government health agencies are concerned about boron toxicity. You might be concerned as well if you read the following pertaining to the sodium chloride or table salt. Acute oral toxicity, the dose at which half of the tested animals died. Chronic e effects on humans, mutagenic for mammalian somatic cells, slightly hazardous in the case of skin contact, ingestion, or inhalation. 
The lowest published lethal oral dose in man, 1,000 milligrams, causes adverse reproduction effects in humans by intraplacental root, root may increase risk of toxemia of pregnancy and, and susceptible to women, may cause adverse reproductive effects and birth defects in animals, particularly rats and mice, fetotoxicity, abortion, musculoskeletal abnormalities, and maternal effects may affect genetic material. Ingestion of large quantities can irritate the stomach with nausea and vomiting, may affect behavior, may, uh, you may sense it on the organs or the metabolism or the cardiovascular system. Continued exposure may produce dehydration, internal organ congestion, and coma. That's table salt. Dude, That's, table, table salt is worse as you get older. Oh, it is. It I've really noticed more and more table salt is uh, reacting with my body now in my mid-40s in a completely different way than it has in my entire life up until now. Um, I've, I get swollen. Uh, it affects like the glands in the back of my throat. Table salt, I can tell that it's affecting my blood pressure. It is definitely um, it, it is active in when I put it in my body. Well, because everybody's always just reaching for the salt. It's like my dad used to say to me, he'd be like, did you even taste it yet? And I would say, no, but I know it needs salt. And he'd be like, well, just taste it. And then I would, and he'd, he'd be like, well, I'd be like, well, I think it needs salt. <laughs> but, I mean, he was just trying to, you know, he's like, you don't he's need He's just them. making you aware. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we compare sodium chloride toxicity with the material safety data sheet or the MSDS for borax, low acute oral toxicity, LD50 in rats, 45 or 4,500 to 6,000 milligrams of body weight, reproductive development toxicity. Animal feeding studies in rat, mouse, and dog at high doses have demonstrated effects on fertility and testes. Studies with boric acid in the rat, mouse, rabbit at high dose demonstrate developmental effects on the fetus, including fetal weight loss and minor skeletal variations. The doses administered were many times in excess of those to which humans would normally be exposed. No evidence of carcinogens in mice. No mutagenic activity was observed in battery of short-term mutant genicity assays. Human epi epidemiological studies show no increase in pulmonary disease in occupational populations with chronic exposures to borate dust and no effect on fertility. Here you see table salt is 50 to 100 times more toxic than borax. It changes the genetic material and is mutagenic, while borax is harmless in this regard. Infants are at most risk from high borax ingestion. It has been estimated that 5 to 10 grams can cause severe vomiting, diarrhea, shock, and even death, but it also says that lethal doses are not well documented in the literature. Now, the following toxicity data are from documents of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the Center for Disease Control. Steve, do you want to read a couple of those? I sure do. There was a review of 784 accidental human poisonings from 10 to 88 grams of boric acid reported no fatalities with 88% of the cases being asymptomatic, meaning they did not notice anything. However, gastrointestinal, cardiovascular, hepatic, renal, and central nervous system effects, dermatitis, urethema, and death have occasionally been observed in some infants, children, and adults exposed to more than 84 grams of boron, corresponding to more than 40 grams of borax for 60 kilograms of body weight. 
Animal studies have identified reproductive toxicity as the most sensitive effects of boron ingestion. Exposure of rats, mice, and dogs for several weeks showed some damage to the testes and sperm at doses of more than 26 milligrams of boron, which corresponds to 15 grams of borax per day for 60 kilograms of body weight. Most at risk is the developing photos, and in the studied animals, rats were the most affected. In one study, slight reductions in the photal body weight were already found at 13.7 milligrams of boron per day used during pregnancy. Uh, the no effect dose during pregnancy was set at less than 13.7 milligrams per day, corresponding to about 7 milligrams of borax per day. With the added safety factor, a no effect value of 9.6 milligrams of boron per day was calculated corresponding to 5 grams of borax per 60 kilograms. However, a rat study lasting for three generations found no reproductive toxicity or effect on the parents or offspring at 30 milligrams of boron per day. This dose corresponds to 17 grams of borax for three generations. In another three-generation study, no problem was found at 17.5 milligrams of boron, which is 9 grams of borax, while the next higher-tested borax dose of 58.5 milligrams, or 30 grams of borax, did result in infertility. Therefore, we can assume that the safe reproductive dose is about 20 grams per kilogram per day. Human studies of the possible association between impaired fertility and the high boron levels in water, soil, and dust in a Turkish population and boron mining and processing workers found no effect. One study even reported elevated fertility rates in borax production workers as compared to the United States national average. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's like the complete opposite of the show that we did on uh, C8. Yes. Uh, what, what, I forget what we called that show, what the name of the company, I believe we called it. But yeah, look, look that one up. That had the complete opposite effect on fertility. All this is important because possible reproductive toxicity is the official reason for the present assault on borax. The sodium chloride, MSDS, mentioned above also states, while sodium chloride has been used as a negative control in some reproductive studies, it has also been used as an example that almost any chemical can cause birth defects in experimental animals if studied under the right conditions. Keep this in mind when you read the following. The assault on borax. Arthritis in its various forms and its close relative osteoporosis affect about 30% of the population in developed countries. Osteoporosis is responsible for long-term hospital care than any other individual disease. This is due to the high incidence of fractures, especially the protracted nature of hip fractures. This is the main source of income for the medical pharmaceutical system. If the boron magnesium cure of these diseases should become widely known, this vital income stream would dry up and the system collapse. And as this is the biggest and most profitable industry in the world, well, this can never be allowed to happen. 
Now, when Dr. Newham discovered that boron arthritis cure, it was not a big problem for the pharmaceutical because the news didn't travel as fast as it does today. Well, it's very different with the internet communications. Most research funding comes from the pharmaceutical industry, and nothing has come forward to duplicate Dr. Newham's findings and other positive osteoporosis studies. Instead, funding goes into the development of patentable boron drugs for limited application, as in chemotherapy, or even to discredit boron. A test tube experiment found that relatively low dose of about 4 grams of borax can damage lymphocytes, just like an earlier test tube showed that vitamin C supplements are toxic. Most positive borax studies now come from China, Japan, and Turkey. Now, furthermore, PubMed, which is a publicly funded search facility for biomedical research publications, while other articles from Newham and RE and Zulu are still listed, the two important borax publications mentioned earlier about arthritis trial at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and the treatment of skeletal fluorosis in China. They're no longer listed, but they belong there and obviously have been there originally, and we suspect that they've been deliberately removed to prevent them from being quoted in any research. But in addition... Increasing effort goes into publicly demonizing borax for its alleged reproductive and infant toxicity. As an example, it's recently been found and read in an article by a senior scientist of a supposedly green environmental working group. And its perceived dangers of borax were so exaggerated that most comments in effect said, Thank you for opening my eyes. I did not know how poisonous and dangerous borax is. I certainly will not use it anymore in my laundry or for cleaning my toilet and kitchen. Well, that propaganda got him. This is obviously a deliberate campaign to make people grateful for banning borax from public sale. For laundry and cleaning purposes, borax substitutes now replaces the product previously sold as borax. The EU has spearheaded this campaign. In June 2010, borax and boric acid were reclassified as reprotoxic category 2, suggesting they may be harmful to the reproductive functions of humans in high doses. And the product package must display the skull and crossbone symbol. From December 2010, these products were no longer available for public sale within the EU. While this classification now applies for all of Europe, non-EU countries still have some leeway in regard to public sales. This initiative is part of the globally harmonized system of classification and labeling of chemicals. Hmm, that, that organization sounds shady. But which is it, they're going to be implemented as soon as possible. Australia industrial chemicals with new regulations and that was inspected back in 2012. The European Chemical Agency gave a reason for their reclassification of boron products. And they said, paraphrasing, the available data do did not indicate major differences between laboratory animals and humans. Therefore, it must be assumed that the effects seen in animals could occur in humans, and epidemiological studies in humans are insufficient to demonstrate the absence of an adverse effect of an organic borate on fertility. 17.5 milligrams of boron for male and female fertility. For the rat, decreased fetal weight occurred in 13.7 milligrams of boron. A safe limit of 9.6 milligrams per day has been derived. What, they, what they're really saying is this. While we have no human data, animal studies suggest that for an adult reproductive functions, a daily ingestion of about two teaspoons of borax is safe. But to be absolutely sure that no one is harmed, we will ban it completely. 
Importantly, this ruling is not related to borax in foods or supplements where it is already banned, but only for general use as in laundry or cleaning products or insecticides, because borax is not readily inhaled or absorbed through, uh, through the skin. It is difficult to see how even a few milligrams daily could get into the body with conventional use. If the same standard would apply to other chemicals, there would be none left. The key study in, assessment, in an assessment published in 1972 why is this being dug up now to justify banning borax when it was no concern for the past 40 years? It does not make any scientific sense, especially if you consider that the main chemical in the new borax substitute, sodium percarbonate, is about three times more toxic than borax. And acute oral LD50 values in animals are from 1,034 to 22 milligrams per day. Even the commonly used sodium bicarbonate with an animal LD50 of 3,360 milligrams is nearly twice as toxic as borax. Both of these chemicals have not been tested for long-term reproductive toxicity at the high doses that cause fertility problems in rats and mice. The same applies to washing powders. It has been stated that no toxicity is expected if used in an, appro an approved way, or the reproductive tests have not been done. Ingredients in these products are more toxic than borax. Why can they be used and approved in a way but not borax? And how about really toxic items such as caustic soda and hydrochloric acid? Why do they remain available to the public when one of the, when one of the safest household chemicals is banned despite the fact that it's absolutely impossible to cause any reproductive harm with the approved use? Regardless of any lack of scientific credibility, the stage has been set for borax and boric acid to be globally removed from public sale at short or no notice. Even low-level and less effective boron tablets are now tightly controlled by the pharmaceutical country or companies and may be restricted at any time through codex regulations. With this, medical pharmaceutical system has safely diffused any potential danger that borax may have posed to its profitability and survival. That's it. So they're taking it off the market, banning the substance completely. Not here in the U.S., thankfully. Now, right now. Because it actually works. And isn't that just a wonderful, wonderful country that we live in? That people that dress up in suits get to make the decisions for us that what really cures us versus, well, here, we're going to sell you this. It might do it. It might not. It might kill you. It might... It might uh, absorb into your system, but not as good as the stuff that we're taking off the market. Will I, uh, will I create an addiction, doctor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to need to give you three pills to get off of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to need a whole new treatment to come off of this medication. So I think it's incredibly interesting. Um, I'm going to run it. I'm going to see what it does for me over some time, and uh, you know, we'll report back on it on like a, at the beginning of our show. Just like, hey, remember the show on Borax? Oh, I tried it. Here's the results. So I'll be looking forward to that, especially if it's removing pain. It is absolutely fascinating that there are these homeopathic uh, cures for things as common as arthritis that really plague societies. And you, you saw through the, the statistics, the uh, especially Jamaica, where they, even yeah. the dogs were limping. Yeah, that's bad, man. They got bad earth there right they need to get a little borax treatment going down there they definitely do so best of luck to you Foltz. thank you i'm looking forward to hearing back about your borax treatments and i'm sure the, the audience is as well 
Amen to that. And until next time, I'm Folds. And I'm Steve. We'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.